Hi, welcome to episode seven of the Science and the Sacred. And in this episode, we're going to talk about what is cyclical wisdom and what is cyclical living. So for those of you who've been listening for a while, I guess you know how I came to all of this, i.e. through the menstrual cycle. And I talk a lot about cyclical living and you know, we can bring that out to a wider lens of cyclical wisdom in a way that is understood at a more intellectual level and then on an embodied and lived level is the idea of cyclical living. And what both of these concepts means is basically looking at the cycles that are both within us and all around us and the wisdom that is contained within them. So when we look at things like our menstrual cycles, when we look at things like our life cycle and the different stages of life that we move move through, the different archetypes and the energies that they represent, the moon cycle, you know, the seasons of the years, all of these cycles are actually creative cycles. And all of these cycles are actually an embodiment of different energies. So, you know, you might have heard of the terms of masculine and the feminine, and these are obviously, you know, the masculine and the feminine with capital M's and F's. And it's basically a way to just categorize two different energies that are archetypical within our our life. It's nothing to do with male or female. And all genders have a makeup and a mix of these two different energies obviously within these energies there's a lot more nuance and i'll talk a little bit about that but from kind of a macro level when we look at these cycles and the idea of cyclical living it's really looking at cycles as a framework and a tool to allow this ebb and flow between the masculine and the feminine and allow this kind of course correction in our lives so that we're not swinging wildly from one all the way to the other, which I don't know about you, but I definitely do a lot in my life. So before we delve into the different cycles and how this sort of energy shows up, I'll just talk a little bit about the idea of menstrual, (laughs) the idea of masculine and feminine energies. So both of these have a positive and a negative side or, you know, a healthy and an unhealthy or whatever way you want to term it. But essentially we need both of these energies. The The feminine is a very sort of, you know, nurturing, intuitive, it's slightly chaotic, it's creative, it's collaborative, it's, you know, community-based. The masculine is very sort of directed, it's quite strong-willed it's a it's a real concept of of doing whereas maybe the the feminine is more about being the feminine's you know that more about knowing where the masculine is more about kind of the researching the understanding the analytical side however we can have the negative side of both of these so for the feminists that sort of chaotic creativity like we try to do a million different things at once and then nothing ever actually gets done because we just get distracted by the next new shiny object and hands up that i literally do that all the time hence why it's taken me so many years to actually do a podcast and hence why it's taken me so many years to actually create course content online that you guys can access and you know more on that later um the the I guess another negative side of the the feminine is that we can almost be too passive, or we could maybe to be too 
receptive, where we don't actually carry through with what it is we're trying to create. Whereas the masculine, and you know, I'm sure a lot of us listening will listen, will resonate more to this. If the masculine is we're in that hyper masculine or that unhealthy masculine, it's very aggressive, it's very competitive, it's very kind of me versus you rather than us. It's very go, 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 no time for rest, no time for failure, no time for taking stock of what we've done. It's, you know, pick the box and move on to the next thing. Again, I've definitely um, fallen foul of doing this. It's also, I guess what you can see what's going on in our world at the moment, the overconsumption of resources, the fact that, you know, you can get blueberries at any time of the year in our supermarket, even when we're in the depths of winter and they're being flown all the way over from Peru, let's say. It's the idea that we can just mass produce and consume all of the resources in the world that we can all work and that everything is about the bottom line it's about profit over people, you know, it's it's this kind of idea that we are all meant to be productive. And if we're not productive and productive in the sense of being profitable, we are a failure or we are not worth anything. How that might actually show up in our lives is that we get burnt out, that we're overtraining the whole time and we don't actually focus on rest and recovery, that we're constantly doing, but not actually maybe achieving um, kind of that more creative space for actually taking a step back and wondering what it is we want to create. It's maybe, you know, as I said, maybe not taking a moment to pause and look at what we've done. It's maybe waiting until retirement to enjoy our life rather than taking holidays or taking time out to celebrate the birth of our kids or maybe the launch of a new business or a big celebration in our life. It's literally getting up and running out the door rather than actually pausing and noticing the fact that the sky is a certain color. You know, for me, I'm obviously a little bit obsessed with the moon and I just love the sky in general, but there's been so many times I've gone in to coach classes in the morning and I'm like, did you see the moon? Look at that sunset. You can kind of see people maybe aren't used to that side of me being like, what is she talking about the moon? in the sky I didn't even notice because people are just up and they're coming into the class and they're maybe not taking that moment to pause and be like wait look at the way the night sky is changing into daylight and this can be on a much bigger level but it also can be at a at a, at a smaller level and this is kind of where that idea of cyclical self-care at least for me kind of weaved in into all of this are we taking out those little moments so you know, with all these things, I talk about my own experience and kind of how it led me to this. But the idea of cyclical living is about putting into practice in our day-to-day lives, like, for example, pausing to look at the night sky or maybe noticing where we are in our menstrual cycle or even recognizing the, the season of the year that we're currently in, whether we're in the northern or the southern hemisphere. Those are all examples of cyclical living, of actually first knowing, then acknowledging, and then actually embodying or practicing or celebrating and recognizing where we actually are. Now, the important thing to note is that we can actually be in this sort of energy without actually being in that energy. And what I mean by this is that 
we can have something going on in our lives that might be actually at a totally flipped version of what's going on in the world. So for example, some of us might actually bleed with a full moon, whereas when we think energetically speaking, the energy of a new moon and menstruation are very similar. And I'll go into this in a little bit more detail in a second. Another example might be, again, using me as an example, when I had kind of a very difficult period in my life during summer and was actually with the summer solstice, where I was thrown into the depths of the winter. And, you know, if you listen to previous episodes, you'll you'll know how I talk about um, that and how I kind of used the, the framework and structures of menstrual cycle awareness and the Celtic calendar to help me kind of conceptualize and, and I guess, accept what was happening happening to me. But what was happening to me was in direct opposition to where we were within the calendar year and what was actually happening all around me. You know, I was on bed rest when literally we were having the two most beautiful weeks, <laughs> sunshine-wise, of, of the summer. So we can be living or experiencing a certain energy that doesn't necessarily line up. So it's not about getting this perfect. And, you know, I've heard this a lot about people being like, when it comes to menstrual cycle awareness is being like, I'm doing it wrong or my cycles are wrong. And I think that's a really important thing to let go of this idea of it being perfect. Everyone's creative cycle, everyone's lived experience of cyclical wisdom is going to be totally different and going to be based on where you are in, in your life cycle. So let's actually dive into, I guess, the idea of cyclical wisdom a little bit more. And in the next episode, I will have Mary Kennedy up um, and she will be talking all about the Celtic wheel and very much talking about how the masculine, the feminine, you know, how we can use the Celtic wheel and the the knowledge or the wisdom of, of these kind of energies and how maybe they show up in the Northern Hemisphere and seasons of the year to find balance in our lives and to, you know, she talks a lot about leading from the feminine. I'll be definitely speaking to her about that, but really just kind of having a tool of self-discovery and connection with the the rhythms that are all around us. So, you know, I listed out some of the examples of where we can see cycles in the world. But the beautiful thing for me is that when you actually look at all of these or look at the teachings or the the schools of thought that are out there, they actually line up so beautifully. So if we're thinking about the menstrual cycle, when we think about the different phases, we've obviously got menstruation and then opposite that we've got ovulation. But in between that, we've got kind of the the start of the follicular phase and then we've also got, or sorry, I should say the middle of the follicular phase and then we also have the middle of the luteal phase. When you're coming at it from a menstrual cycle awareness point of view, which is very much embodying the masculine and feminine and, you know, the Red School talk about the via positiva, which is this kind of masculine doing creation coming forth. And they talk about the via negativa, which is this receiving this more intuitive, this more sort of feminine energy. When you look at the menstrual cycle with that lens on, you very clearly can start to see how the energies play out. So Again, you've got menstruation, ovulation. They classify those phases as seasons, so the inner seasons. So menstruation is inner winter. The follicular phase is inner spring. 
ovulation is inner summer. And then we've got the luteal phase, which is the inner autumn. Within that then, you have the crossover days, and that's where we move between these different seasons. When we look at this from at a macro level, as in at the year, we can see this actually play out, specifically when we look at the, the Celtic calendar. So when you look at the, you know, you've got your winter solstice, you've got your summer solstice, that's like menstruation. So winter solstice is when we're in the, the middle of winter. That is like menstruation, where we're in the middle of our inner, um, our inner winter. And then we've got ovulation, which is mirrors the energy of the summer solstice when we're in the middle of our inner inner summer and and the energies that all come with that. They also then have um, the spring equinox and the autumn equinox. And again, that kind of mirrors the idea of inner spring and the the inner autumn. What they all have is the, the cross calendar um, festivals. And that's in bulk, in bulk, Bialtana, Lunasa and Samhain. And they are like the, 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 the thresholds. Mary Kennedy speaks a lot about the thresholds crossing over into the next season. So it's like a little interplay between these two seasons. We're not quite yet in one. We're kind of leaving one season and moving into the other. And it's the exact same when it comes to the crossover days in our menstrual cycle. So already you can start to see that there's these trends. Then we take a little step and we're looking at the skies around us. So the moon, the new moon which is all about kind of manifesting your dreams, step, you know, allowing rest, starting to build that energy up towards the full moon. That very much mirrors what's happening in menstruation. It very much mirrors what happens in winter, what happens in the, the energy of the winter solstice. And also what kind of comes up when we think about the menstrual cycle from a creative force in menstrual cycle awareness. So we've got the new moon and then opposite that we've got the full moon, which again mirrors all of that beautiful energy that we see going on in ovulation, the summer solstice, and then the inner summer within the menstrual cycle awareness teaching. Similarly with the, the moon between the new moon and the full moon on either side, we've got our quarter moons. And again, that's almost like the spring autumn energy. And then between those, we've got the waning crescent, the wax, the waning gibbous, excuse me, then we've got the waxing gibbous and we've got the waxing crescent. So again, the energies of those moons, those like in-between moons, <laughs> very much mirrors the in-between energies that we see, that that kind of threshold energy that we see in the crossover days and also the cross calendar festivals. You can see how all of this is starting to be mirrored. And you can also look at all of this, you know, that creative cycle is very much mirrored in our lives and in our life cycles. So, you know, you're moving from this idea of being in the womb, you know, this kind of void, this something is being created, but it's not yet birthed. That's like the winter. Then we're moving into spring, which is like the early years of our lives. It's the maiden archetype. It's that kind of new budding life that we're coming forward. And then we move into ovulation. 
um, or sorry, not ovulation, we're moving into the kind of the peak mother years, whether, you know, you actually become a mother or not. It's that idea of stepping out. It's also the idea of the inner queen, that inner empress. Um, and, you know, it's very much that whole idea, just like the new moon or the full moon, I should say, is kind of illuminated and it's there and it's all its beauty and it's shining its light down on everyone. And just the way a lot of us might feel, now not all of us, but a lot of us might feel that peak ovulation energy where we're feeling sexy, we're feeling hot, we're on the lookout for, you know, a potential partner because biologically speaking, we're trying to reproduce. That's very much that kind of energy of that phase of our life when we're we've kind of gone through the awkward growing up of, of, um, you know, the teenage years into their kind of early adult years. And now we're here, we're kind of in our sovereignty, we're in our feminine energy. And then we're starting to move towards, um, you know, that kind of wild woman, the idea of the, the archetype of the enchantress, you know, you kind of go past that, that kind of phase where, things are all about the outer world and now you're starting to focus more on on your inner world. You're starting to feel a little bit cuter. You maybe care less, you know, but it's more in, I'm trying to think of, a, of someone that you might think about, because I would think about Beyonce um, as the kind of ovulation, the full moon, that kind of inner queen energy. But, you know, the enchantress, the, the wild woman is, I guess almost like Vivian Westwood, that kind of, that's kind of someone who's coming to mind where she's just got that kind of like punk energy. She's doing her own thing, like to hell with what other people think, that kind of rebellious, creatrix sort of sort of energy. And then we move back uh, once more to um, winter menstruation. And that's where the kind of wise woman, the crone, you know, the idea of moving into that later stage of our life and of course then later into death. Um but that later stage of our our life where we've lived and we have the wisdom and um, we, you know, again, I'll be speaking to, to Mary Kennedy about this, but in the Celtic wheel, it's the idea of the Calic, um, the crone, the hag, the witch who comes in and she kind of tears everything apart and makes you face what you need to learn and what you need to let go of. So, you know, we all know those fables. We all know those um, stories, those personalities that we might link to each of those different phases of our our cycles, and um, that are both within us. If you are someone who has a menstrual cycle, that are outside of us. You know, if you're in any way following the moon phases, which has definitely become more popular with things like you know moon stocks on the beach and kind of new moon circles. And then I do think that there is. Uh, a movement back towards living more in sync with the seasons, you know, eating more seasonal food, being more aware of how we feel across the different seasons. Like in summer, we want to get out and sunbathe and do all the outdoor activities. In winter, we want to curl up around a fire and not really see anyone. And what we need to recognize is that both of those energies are perfectly acceptable and perfectly needed and necessary within life. The problem is, is that maybe the thought of slowing down, that idea of allowing ourselves to have a winter, the idea that death needs to happen, that, you know, the plants need to die to allow the soil to regenerate. Like 
that as a concept we may not be comfortable with because the world prioritizes this hyper-productive, hyper-focused, hyper-on life and it's all about beauty and youth and whether, again, if you know, we're actually conscious that this is what's being prioritized, the idea of like fertility and abundance and bounty and beauty and the louder the better and it's my way or the highway. And all of us will have a little bit more or less of these different energies and we might go through phases of our life where we're living in more of a, I guess, a masculine or a wintry, sorry, masculine or summery energy or we might be living in more of a feminine and wintry energy. And recognizing, I guess, that all of these phases of, or the different phases of the cycle is really important. And that actually we can't always be living in a in an always on linear way of living because then there's no time to regenerate. And a really, really good example of this, because again, I firmly believe that it's all the same thing, you know, whether you're talking about the energy of masculine feminine or you're talking about your rest and digest versus your kind of fight or flight central nervous system. It's the same thing. It's just a different language. It's a different way of connecting with it, whether it's on an energetic or a physiological or intellectual level. But a really good example that I always think about is of the overtraining. So when we, so for any of my sports people out there, <laughs> for any of my gym bunnies, um, when we oh, when we train, training is a stress in our body. We do something, we have a little bit of exposure to a stress that puts us into an alarm phase where we kind of dip from um, from a, a kind of fitness point of view. So we're here, we stress our body, we we dip below. We then allow adequate recovery. So we're looking at like sleep, we're looking at nutrition, we're maybe like, you know, not doing the same whole session again the next day and trying to lift more. You know, we're, we're training smartly. We allow those muscles that we've just trained or that aerobic system that we've just trained to recover. So then we super compensate. And then it's this, when we super compensate, we train again, we have a little bit of a dip and boop. We train, we recover, we have a little bit of a dip, we allow sufficient recovery and then boom, we super compensate. And this is that upward curve. What happens a lot of the time is that people don't actually recover properly. Maybe their sleep is really bad. Maybe their stress is really, really high. Maybe they just don't understand that you shouldn't be doing the same level of intensity every single day, doing the same exercises, same training stimulus every single day without a break. And what happens then is the body gets stressed and stressed and stressed and we're filling up that stress bucket, but we're not filling up our recovery bucket. We're not letting the valve off of that stress. So then what happens is we go into exhaustion phase where we don't actually, not only do we not super compensate and become fitter or stronger or whatever it is that we're looking for, we actually dip. We're not treading water. We're actually getting pushed back by, by the wave rather than surfing that wave. It's going to throw all the analogies out of you <laughs> today. But that, when you've experienced that, or the other one that a lot of us might have experienced is the burnout. You know, you go, you go, you go, you take no breaks. And then next thing you know, you're like, you know, written off for like a month because your whole system is totally crashed. That kind of post-exam crash as well, as I always think back to after the leaving third or whatever it might be that, you know, you, you're on this like go, go, go. And then your adrenaline system just absolutely crashes. That is that idea of not having the winters, not having the new moons, it's not having the menstruations to allow ourselves to dip, to allow the soil to be replenished, 
to be nurtured and nourished again to then come out stronger. So it's this framework that at least for me, once I started to dive into it, and again, I came from that very kind of physical side of things, understanding it from a training point of view, understanding it from a hormonal point of view, then understanding it from energetic, the moons, the year, you know, inner archetype, there's all these different kind of levels that you can go go at it. And someone might come from the other side or drop in through the middle. You know, it's gonna you're gonna come across this sort of concept from a totally different point. Um, but I think once we recognize that A, it's all the same thing. B, the creative cycle is actually all around us and takes many, many different forms. And C, most importantly, that there's wisdom within those cycles that we can take and use within our life to bring about what it is we want to bring about, whether that's balance, whether that's a creative project, whether that's a life that's just more in tune with the energies that are around us. It's an incredibly powerful framework that helps us move through these experiences in our lives. It is an incredibly powerful tool that allows us to slow down, that allows us to get off the treadmill of do, 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 go, 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 to actually stop and be like, wow, the way the light is coming into that window is stunning. Or wow, look at everything we did there. Look at what we achieved. I'm going to take a moment and actually celebrate what I just did there. Or amazing, we just did a huge big project and work right. Let's just, let's just take a little pause. Let people replenish themselves and then I'm going to come back at it again. I think most of us will have felt that experience of being burnt out in work and then you go on holiday and you come back, not always, sometimes you go on the absolute rip and you come back needing an extra holiday. But for a lot of us, you know, when we do actually give ourselves that time off, whether it's over Christmas or on another holiday that we've planned, we come back rested and we're like, yeah, I'm ready. I'm excited to get back into training. I'm excited to get back into work because we have the energy, because we've allowed that fallow period, that winter period, that rest, that recovery, to actually then have the juice, to have the creative energy, the 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 fizz, the you know, the vibe, whatever it might be, to up back into what it is we're we're doing within life, within work, within, you know, training, within manifesting. And yeah, I'm just totally obsessed <laughs> with this concept of using cycles and the analogy of cycles and looking at the cycles all around us and within us to teach us maybe I'm not going to say a new way of living because you know back in the olden day before kind of electricity and <laughs> technology we would have been living like this but now we're in an opportunity where we get to combine the best of the modern world with the best of a more I guess ancient wisdom, natural rhythms to help find balance again, both within ourselves and the community and also the the earth, you know, allow the earth to heal and repair, you know, so that we're not depleting all of our resources, so that we're not polluting the waters just to, I don't know, increase the bottom line for a company. Um, and I think when we individually start to 
embody and at least become aware of these concepts, we then have a choice that allows us to, I guess, start making changes, positive changes within our own life, our own relationships, our own work, our own creative cycles, but then within the community on, on a wider level, you know, how do we expect people in our jobs, we're in our teams, we're in our families to show up. Do we allow people to rest? Do we allow people to celebrate themselves? Do we maybe start to eat more seasonally? Do we start to take time off at different stages? Do we allow ourselves to grieve when there's a death um, or a loss or you know, that wintry period. Um, again, Ari Kennedy always talks about the dark night of the soul. And I think, you know, that's come up in kind of other teachings as well. But do we allow that death to allow the rebirth? And that might sound a little bit woo-woo for some of us who are, who are listening, but I think it's a, or I'd like to think <laughs> that some of those cycles and some of those examples resonate at some level. And I would just invite you if you've listened to this podcast, just to kind of maybe sit with the idea and maybe see if you could firstly recognize what season you're in and is that reflected in how you're feeling right now? You know, what phase of your menstrual cycle, if you have a menstrual cycle, are you in? Do you know what the moon is like tonight? Could you look up at the moon? Um, is it crescent? Is it full? Can you not see it? And then maybe where you are in your life, like what life stage are you at? What energy is in your life? Are you, do you feel like you're living in the hyper-masculine? Do you feel like you're living in the hyper-feminine? Or do you feel like you've got a healthy balance between, between the two and you can kind of course correct when you need to and when you want to? Um, all of this is just food for, for thought. It's obviously what I love doing. And, um, you know, my new website, if anyone's interested. <laughs> There's obviously some resources that are up there and there's the moon meditations and manifestations. There's also the mindful mindful menstruation, which is kind of going in at a deeper level on about the idea of menstrual cycle awareness and the, you know, the different energies that we come across there. But I've also got the group program coming up, which I run twice a year. So it's called the Cycle Sanctuary. And that's, you know, you'll get access to a bundle of my mini courses and um, you'll get lifetime access to the moon meditations, the mindful menstruation, but then also the sacred ceremony, which is all about creating sacred space for yourself. But then in addition to all of that, we'll actually have a group container where we'll work through this both from, from an education point of view, but also an integration point of view about how to recognize these cycles, take on board this idea of cyclical wisdom or the cyclical patterns or the creative cycle, whichever way you want to view it, and then actually integrate it and embody it into our lives um, through journaling prompts, through women's circles that will be online and, you know, through kind of self-reflection and daily practice. So yeah, all of that information will be in the show notes, just for those of you who are curious, um, as always. <laughs> I love to hear from you. So just get in touch, drop me a message, you know, follow me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is go with the flow coaching and it's the same go with the flow coaching.com for my website. There you will have a link to get in touch with me. So if you do have any questions or 
you want to drop an idea for a podcast, or you want to learn a little bit more, get a bit of guidance of where to start learning about all of this yeah get in touch I'd absolutely love to hear from you so thank you so much for listening to this and as I mentioned the next episode is going to be Mary Kennedy where she will be talking about her amazing Celtic Wheel program and her own experience of living with the Celtic calendar and what that's brought to her life and why she's bringing out this wisdom to to so many other women so yeah Stay tuned for that episode. It's uh, coming up next. And thanks again for coming in and listening to me ramble on about all things cyclical living and cyclical wisdom. So thanks so much. Would you like to learn more about living in sync with your cycle and embodying cyclical wisdom? The Cycle Sanctuary is a transformative group program designed for women seeking a cyclical self-care practice and feminine empowerment. Over eight weeks, we'll journey from disconnected to the divine, forming a deep connection with your feminine power through education, embodiment, and the wisdom of the cycles within us and around us. I've created this community-based container to help us reconnect with the wisdom of our natural rhythms and embrace a revolutionary new way of living. Join me November 1st as we journey through the Cycle Sanctuary Winter Solstice.